It's the narrowing down of focus, consistency and perseverance that gets you across the finishing line. If you want to get to the destination, focus on the journey and the process. Hey everyone, I'm Sina Hagiha and welcome to First Serve. The path to live a fulfilled and abundant life is to learn, grow and serve and that is what this podcast is all about. We will have guests on the show who are utilizing their skills to make a positive impact to our world. Together we can gain a lot of insights, expand our knowledge and apply our learnings to serve others to the best of our abilities. In the last solo episode, episode 3, we did a bit of self-discovery and went through some steps to uncover your purpose. Now, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I advise you to listen to that first to gain the most value out of this one. In this episode, we're going to talk about setting goals to pursue our purpose. Our purpose is basically our far-reaching goal that we are continuously striving towards. But that is too high level. We need to break it down and also identify growth areas to develop our skills. I want to ask you all a question. Have you set yourself some goals at the beginning of the year and not met them? Can you think of any examples? We always set ourselves goals, especially at the start of the year. You know, all that stuff. New year, new me. I'm going to get into the best shape of my life. I'm going to learn a new language. I'm going to pursue my passions. We go full force, all guns blazing, like we're going to conquer the world. So what do we end up doing? We set ourselves a lot of goals, but at the end of the year, when we reflect and evaluate, we notice that we haven't even come close to achieving what we set out to do. Is this something you have experienced? Why do you think this happens? Typically, it's because either our goals were not specific enough, they weren't challenging or complex enough, They weren't really about us, as in they weren't aligned to our purpose. We were too focused on the outcome rather than the process, or we just didn't enjoy the process at all. Other reasons could be that we didn't or couldn't track the progress, so we're missing those regular feedback loops. Or we experienced goal competition, as in we set too many goals and overwhelmed ourselves, so we found it difficult to prioritize or the goals conflicted with each other. Having a positive mental attitude whilst we are in pursuit of our goals is also key. All these factors play a huge role in determining whether we achieve our goals or not. As an example, we just need to see how busy gyms are in January. They are absolutely packed. By February, we start to see the number of people going to the gym diminishing. The goals that have been set are not sticking. Was your goal to get in shape or lose weight? Well, that's not specific enough. Why are you actually going to the gym? Is it because all your friends are doing it or is it because you want to get your confidence back and feel healthy? Do you dread going to the gym or do you actually get a kick out of the workouts and feel good after? And are you monitoring your progress? Are you tracking your weight, your step count and the calories you burn? Our goals need to be aligned to our purpose which we covered in episode 3. We have to question why we have these goals in the first place. Are those goals serving our purpose or are we setting them because it seems like a fashionable trend that we need to jump on? We need to set ourselves goals that scare us, that are outside of our comfort zone, but we tend to put those goals off if we perceive them as big beasts that are extremely difficult to tackle. 
the goal set need to provide a balance between effort and sustainability for optimal growth. If the effort is too high, we are at risk of burning out and may not even take the steps required to reach the goal. If the goal is not challenging, then we are not growing at all. There is a quote by Michelangelo who says, The greater danger for most of us isn't that our aim is too high and miss it, but that it is too low and we reach it. We also seek instant gratification over future rewards, focusing on our present self rather than our future self. Have you ever made a list at the beginning of the day of goals or tasks that you had to complete by the end of the day? How often do you tackle the easy goals first and leave the harder goals till last? I've been guilty of this so many times. I make a list of all my goals for the day and check off the easy goals first and as I do that, I get a dopamine rush from all those quick wins which makes me feel like I've actually achieved a lot throughout the day, when in reality, those tasks probably added the least value and weren't as urgent. At the end of the day, I've neglected the bigger goals and I pushed them onto the next day, and the same thing happens the day after. You just keep pushing it back and get into this vicious cycle. When you see that you keep pushing it back, it's a sign to say you need to make it more granular into something more digestible, otherwise you'll keep putting it off. It's all about having the right strategy and game plan to tackle those big goals. This leads nicely onto one of the goal setting pitfalls where we just set ourselves outcome goals rather than breaking it down into performance and process goals. We can learn a lot from sport when it comes to goal setting. Athletes usually prioritise performance and process goals over outcome goals. They focus on the tasks that are in their control that when perfected will result in reaching the outcome goal. It's the same for those who want to climb a mountain. When you're at the bottom and you're looking at the peak of the mountain, it is quite daunting to conceptualise how you're going to get there and it can put you off. When you listen to those who have accomplished those mammoth outcome goals like climbing Mount Everest, for example, they all have one thing in common. They all focus on taking one step at a time. When you're at the bottom and you're looking at the peak of the mountain, it is quite daunting to conceptualise how you're going to get there and it can put you off. When you listen to those who have accomplished those mammoth outcome goals like climbing Mount Everest for example, they all have one thing in common. They all focus at taking one step at a time. It's the narrowing down of focus, consistency and perseverance that gets you across the finishing line. If you want to get to the destination, focus on the journey and the process. The issue with just setting yourself an outcome goal is that there are a lot of external factors that can jeopardise it. For example, if you wanted to run the London Marathon this year as your outcome goal, you wouldn't have achieved that as it was cancelled and there are lots of other life events that could get in the way. You would then feel like you had not reached your goal. But if you had performance and process goals and you were meeting or exceeding them constantly, you wouldn't feel as hard done by not meeting your outcome goal as you had done your bit you had done everything in your power to work towards that outcome goal. Now going back to goals in sport and since this podcast is called First Serve, I'm going to use a tennis analogy here to go through outcome, performance and process goals. If we look at the GOAT tennis player, if we look at Roger Federer's first serve percentage and compare it with his world ranking, as his first serve percentage improved, he moved higher in the world rankings. And for non-tennis fans, if your first serve percentage is high, it is one of the factors which will help you win matches at that level. So do we think first serve percentage was one of Federer's performance goals? I think it is highly likely. 
amongst other performance goals. His process goals would include daily habits which he would incorporate into his training sessions to improve his first serve percentage. That could be his ball toss or his racket head speed. His outcome goal could have been to become the best player in the world, but without breaking that down, can you see that you don't have a strategy to get there? So the outcome goal is a singular goal that you're working towards. That could be finishing in the top 10 in the race. The performance goals are the standards you set yourself to work towards that outcome goal, such as running 5k in less than 20 minutes. And the process goals support your performance goals by setting yourself smaller tasks to focus on. That could be going for a run four times a week. So are we all clear on outcome, performance and process goals? Okay, so now we have covered the reasons behind why we often fail to reach the goals we set. But why are goals so important in the first place? Why do we need to have goals? Well, when you're goal-oriented, you're more likely to have a positive approach to life and will not be phased by failure, instead perceiving them as temporary setbacks that are part of the growth journey. Effective goal-setting also directly contributes to productivity and is strongly associated with success. They provide clarity for decision-making, give us a clear focus, enable us to prioritise and hold ourselves accountable, and most importantly, they pave the way towards helping us live the life we want to live. Goals truly are the roadmap to success, and the simple act of just writing them down, putting pen to paper, and sharing it with others has shown to increase that success rate. We're going to walk through a goal-setting process At the end of this process, you will have well-defined goals to pursue your purpose. But before we dive into defining our goals, we need to familiarize ourselves with how goals should be formed to set us up for success. You may have already heard of SMART goals. The acronym SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-bound. Our goals should fit the SMART criteria. If our goal is to lose weight, is that SMART? I don't think so. How can we change that to be a SMART goal? We can change it to, I want to lose 2 kilograms of weight by the end of the month. Is that specific? Yes, we know exactly what we want to achieve. Can we measure it? Yes, we can jump on a scale to measure the progress. Is it attainable or achievable? Yes, I don't think 2 kilograms is too extreme. But it also depends on your personal circumstances. Is it relevant? Well, that goes back to your purpose. Is it serving your purpose? And is it time-bound? Yes, we have set ourselves a target to get there by the end of the month. In addition to SMART goals, Edwin Locke's goal-setting theory states that goals should provide us clarity, challenge, commitment, feedback, and complexity. He also states that phased goals would increase confidence and motivation. I'll give you an example of a phased goal. When we want to learn a language, we usually say, I want to be fluent in Spanish, but that can take years. If we break that down and phase our goals, we could say I want to learn how to introduce myself to someone which includes my name, where I'm from and my profession within my first month of learning Spanish. And in my second month, I want to be able to order a meal at a restaurant. Within each phase, we increase the complexity to edge us closer to our ultimate goal. And you see this approach being utilized a lot in health and fitness and education apps where they have incorporated phase goals along with gamification to keep us going. Another concept I want to introduce you all to is the notion of creating a big, hairy, audacious goal, or BHAG in short. This concept was created by Jim Collins, a business guru, to help organizations stimulate growth whilst also being sustainable. 
We're going to adapt this concept for your personal goals. I want you to imagine three circles overlapping with each other like a Venn diagram. One circle represents your strengths, another one your passions and interests, and one for sustainability or what drives your decisions. This can be finances or personal growth. Your big hairy audacious goal sits right in the middle where all three circles overlap. So your goal should utilise your strengths, involve your passions and be sustainable to keep you motivated. In episode 3 where we uncovered your why, we identified your strengths and passions. You can put into use your learnings from that episode to define your big hairy audacious goals. A classic big hairy audacious goal is the famous man on the moon goal that was set by John F. Kennedy in 1961. He said this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to earth. Remember, these goals should be aligned to your purpose and values and are far-reaching, between 10 to 30 years. So we have just covered smart goals, goal-setting theory and big hairy audacious goals. Let's move on to the steps we can follow to define and follow through on our goals. Here are 10 steps we can follow. The first step is to visualise your future self. Where do you want to be? What does success look like to you? What does your ideal future look like? The second step is to dream big. What is your big hairy audacious goal? Define your own man on the moon goal. The third step is to identify growth areas in different areas of your life. In order to achieve our goals, we need to develop our skills and we need to be transparent about it. I want you to think of four quadrants, one for health, one for spirituality, one for relationships, and one for your career, business, and finances. In each quadrant, I want you to do a health check to see where you are currently at in that area. Which areas do you need to put more focus on to reach your longer-term or big, hairy, audacious goal? Within each quadrant, think of a long-term goal and assess the skills you need to develop to get there. Let's say one of my audacious goals is for this podcast to be the number one self-improvement podcast in the world. To do that, I have to provide valuable insights in my episodes and deliver it in an effective way. So how can I do that? What are the skills I need to develop to get there? For myself, I will have to improve my interviewing and speaking skills. I can find a course for that or improve through practice. I will also have to do extensive research on the topics I'm interviewing my guests about to deliver the most value to the listeners. So I can put these goals as my short-term goals in the career, business and finance quadrant. Be cautious that these quadrants can conflict with each other, so you need to prioritise. The fourth step is to make the goal smart as we went through earlier, and the fifth step is to write it down and phase your goals. I suggest defining 90 day goals for each quadrant. 90 days is the perfect time frame to set your goals within. It's not too long and not too short, but it's sufficient enough to see measurable results. The process of writing it down makes it stick and phasing them creates a progressive strategy. Step number six is to share your goals with someone. They can be your accountability partner to ensure that you'll take the actions required to achieve your goals. Anna has the right to question you if you start slacking. Step seven is to break your goals down into actionable steps and step eight is to put it in a schedule and commit to it. Sometimes you may need to get yourself a fitness coach or a life or business coach to be committed. Once you are invested, 
you are more likely to commit. Step nine is to get regular feedback and measure progress. Without this step, how do you know if you're on track? Schedule check-ins with yourself to see if you're heading in the right direction and make some tweaks to your actionable steps if required. The last thing you want is to realize several weeks in that you're struggling to meet your goals. The last step, step number 10, is to celebrate your achievements and reflect on the progress you've made. Those are 10 steps you can follow along with avoiding the pitfalls we mentioned earlier to define your goals. But goals by themselves will not make you successful. It is the action you take. It's the investment in the process, the sacrifices, the trade-offs. A lot of people share the same goals, but the differentiating factor between those who achieve them and those who don't is in the process. Remember, goals set the direction and not the destination. You need to fall in love with the process because reaching for just the outcome does not create lasting change. I can give you an example. A couple of years ago, I set the goal of running a half marathon. I signed up for it months in advance and committed to raising some money for charity. I knew that if I put something in the calendar, I would work towards it and I didn't want to let those who sponsored me down. So I trained for a few months, was running four to five days a week, and I completed the half marathon. I had achieved my goal. Now what? I stopped training after that and reverted back to my old habits eating whatever I wanted and not exercising as much. In my mind, I thought I can relax now. I deserve a break. And all the progress I had made over the last few months was reversed in just a matter of weeks. I was too focused on the outcome that I hadn't ingrained the process as a habit that I would miss if I stopped doing it. This highlights the importance of the process. In the next solo episode, we're going to talk about habits that we can incorporate into our daily lives to achieve our goals. The habits are essentially the process goals where we are constantly seeking continuous improvement and mastery. Once we have those implemented, we'll be in pursuit of our outcome goals without consciously thinking about it. The key message is that goals are vital, they are pivotal for our life plans, yet we do not define or apply them effectively. I'll leave you with a quote by Jim Rohn who said, if you don't design your own life plan, chances are you'll fall into someone else's plan. And guess what they have planned for you? Not much. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit subscribe so you can get a notification when a new episode is released. Also share it with your friends and family or whoever you think would be interested in this episode. I would really appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you want to reach out to myself, you can find me on Instagram. I'll leave the info in the show notes and I'll see you all in the next episode.